Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. We're just over one year since lockdown began and we're just a few days from it at least starting to come to an end. This week on The Leader Podcast, we've been looking at how the pandemic has affected our health and our economy. But what happens next? Will people go back to the office? Will they even want to? And is that going to cause problems for employers? O2 Business has been looking at this and they've discovered there are three types of people out there. Office cravers, home dwellers and mixers. I spoke to their MD, Joe Bertram, to ask her about who those people are and how we're all going to have to adapt to a post-pandemic world. When you heard the Prime Minister say, we're going to have to close everything down, what was your reaction at the time? I think my reaction at the time was was actually one of relief because I think we were one of the later countries to, to do it. So I, I think the writing was on the wall, wall at that point. I was actually on maternity leave. So it was quite a different experience for me expecting to return to work in a couple of months. But obviously that work was going to look very, very different uh, given given the pandemic. So O2 has how many people as in, are employed in O2 business? Uh, in O2 business, we're about 600 people or so. That's a lot of people to try and work into a brand new remote environment. How did that work for you? Well, it's really interesting. Actually, at O2, we've got a a very long history of flexible working anyway, even before the pandemic. So more than half of my team are actually home workers anyway and used to split their time between home, the office, customer sites and, and, and things like that. So we were able to transition quite easily within within my team. Obviously, there was still a lot of work that we had to do to get, for example, our customer services teams and and things like that to to working remotely, which which we were able to do. And then it was about adapting. How do you change the ways that you work with teams, the way that you manage people, the way that you interact with customers um, to do it in a virtual environment? And I think we really felt the impact of that not straight away, but over a period of time. You, know, you, you can manage to sustain a relationship you always already have fairly easily over, over Zoom or over Teams. I think it's when you're trying to introduce new team members or build a new client relationship or, or, or sell services in a, in a different way that we've all had to get, get used to, to working very differently. Yeah, that's something I've found quite difficult is we've onboarded some people at the Evening Standard who I've never met. Now, at some point this year, I'm going to start meeting these people. We're going to start to return to the office. How can companies best handle that? What's going to be happening as we return to offices now? What kind of things have you discovered? What are you expecting? 
Well, we actually um, conducted some research recently into the views of employees, um, because obviously everyone's thinking about what will life be like when we to the office or will we even re return to the office uh, and, and we found some quite interesting things and, and in fact we found that um, workforces views have changed significantly since before the pandemic uh, and also that in companies need to be ready for a real divergence in views within the work within the workforce because there's uh, the workers are really divided between about 10% who want to return to the office as soon as possible and some people who don't want to go back at all, about 32%, and the rest were somewhere in the middle. Uh, and so our, our research actually identified some interesting work-life personas that help describe these uh, and employers have to be ready to, to meet that range of needs. Employee expectations are really very different now, I think. Yeah, as looking at your, your research then, one thing that struck me was that so it, it appears to me that the most people now believe that they um, will not be at least returning to the office full time. Is the commute dead then? You know, the, this idea of working Monday to Friday, getting the train in, getting the car in, is that over? No, it's 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 interesting. It probably varies for different companies, different industries, different roles. I mean, our approach, for example, is very much to continue to trust people to do the right thing for them, their role, their team. Um, but but I do think it'll become more of people going into the office when they need to for things like collaboration and creativity versus being there every you know every day, every week um, because that's what's expected. And uh, we also found from the research that people want much more flexibility in terms of working hours as well. Uh, we've got used to that during the pandemic, and I expect that to return. So so hopefully that does mean that uh, at least rush hour won't be so bad and, and the commute will be a little less painful when we do go in. A lot of people I've talked to have talked about how the UK has in fact been propelled about 10 years into the future in terms of, of how businesses are going to operate. If that is the case, are we ready right now? Will the country be ready in a few months when people do start to return to offices for how that's going to work? Or is it all going to go horribly wrong as soon as we go back into back to our desk? I don't think it'll all go horribly wrong because it's worked, I think, probably better than anyone would have expected um, through the pandemic. I mean, if you, if you look at the adoption of some of the technologies, it's actually forced it to happen much more quickly than it would have otherwise. You know, even ourselves, we already used a lot of technologies, but probably weren't as good at using video conferencing and things like that as, 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 as we could have been. And it's forced everyone to have to use it and, and find ways to make it work um, really, really well. Having said that, I, I do see you know, a lot of evolution in um, companies thinking about what is the model? You hear lots of different companies coming back at the moment saying anything from we're not going to have offices at all to people have to come back X days a week or, or whatever it might be. And there's a range of views. And it, it's clear from the research as well, there's a range of employee needs and expectations that, that, that companies have to meet. And I imagine that will take a, a while to, to, to evolve. Yeah, in terms of things like the needs of employees, what sort of things are you starting to, to see now that may have been different, aside from obviously having to presumably send out lots of laptops to people's houses and that kind of thing? Um, I, I, I mean, I think as people return to, to offices, it's very much many people will see those offices as collaboration spaces rather than somewhere that you go to work and and that requires a different setup it requires different kinds of spaces different kind of technology um, particularly if you start to 
to be in a world where some people are there in person and some people are remote. You know, you, we've, we've got the technology for both of us being remote, but actually making sure our offices are, are equipped for, for those type of, of hybrid meetings. Uh, and then equipping people. I mean, people are more more and more now wanting to work from anywhere. So not just home or the office, which might be a you know a, a laptop connected and and everything like that, but to be able to work in shared office spaces, you know, while they're uh, away from home or, or something like that. And so uh, adopting more of a mobile first mindset, making sure all of the technology works mobile first, away from the office, rather than you know centered on technology that has to be physically in the office. There's more in part two of our chat with Joe Bertram, including who the office cravers, the home dwellers and the mixers are, and which one is she? Let's do some ads now. Hit your follow button to make sure you never miss our news analysis, interviews and commentary every day at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to part two of our interview with Joe Bertram, the Managing Director of O2 Business. In this section, we're talking about the future of working in the UK. And I start by asking if she plans on going back to the office herself when lockdown ends. I I personally am keen to be able to get back to the office for some things, I don't want to return to a you know five, five days a week and, and and the commute. But especially over the longer term, um, the the impact on relationships and 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 things like that, you you do feel it. So uh, I think we are looking forward to being able to go back for for certain events. And for me, it's really about collaboration, building relationships with new team members or with with customers, creativity, innovation, and, and things like that. But you can do a lot of the more transactional um, day-to-day updates, one-to-ones, things like that, um, remotely just as well. Are you an office craver then, Joe? You've got these three categories that you you spoke about earlier, the office cravers, the home dwellers and the mixers. Which one are you? Uh, For me, I think I'm I'm one of the mixers. So, I mean, the... Just to explain the, the three, the, the office cravers were those people who really want to go to the back, back to the office right away as soon as possible. Uh, and they were really split between people at the start of the, their career who crave that social interaction and, and support and some more senior people who, who perhaps have been in the office quite a bit during the pandemic and, and want to get back. Uh, at the other end of the spectrum, there were about 16% of people we called home dwellers. Uh, and those are people who want to spend time at home because whether they want to spend time with fam and friends, family and friends or with um, to do their hobbies of their mental health uh, and then all the rest of us are somewhere in the middle and 
I certainly fall into that category. You know, that was ranging from people like myself who want to balance family, free time, but also some of the benefits, both social and work-wise, of going into the office. Um, there's a lot of people who really miss that social aspect, I think. Um, and, and then what we call nomads, um, who want to be able to work from anywhere, whether that's on the beach or in a coffee shop or, or from home. Is the onus going to be on private companies to make all of these changes? Does the government have a role or responsibility involved in this transition? Or is it all kind of already done in a way? Have we already been through the transition and now it's just a case of slotting everything into place? I think we've been through a lot of the transition almost to the other end of the extreme. And now it's figuring out how do we come back to somewhere in the middle and where do we come back to? And the answer to that is probably different for, for different companies and different types of, of, of jobs. Um, I think there is still a lot to do. And, and we've been advising um, our customers and the companies that we work with to do three things. And one, the first one is really thinking about how do you plan for a location agnostic workforce? Uh, and so the office is no longer the center of where people work. And that means your technology has to be mobile first. It's not office only hardware and connectivity. Uh, and you need to give your employees the right devices and connectivity and, and systems. I, I think the second one is there's a need for our CIOs and HR directors to work much more closely than they did before. It used to be two quite separate things, like providing your technology and your employee proposition, but now they become much more one and the same. So how do you give uh, a, a really good employee proposition of devices, connectivity, apps, and tools that helps people work and meet their, their preferences about where they work? Uh, and then finally, thinking about no longer thinking about a property strategy, but what's your wider workspace strategy, considering the role of the office, shared spaces, people's homes, and how do you connect people um, wherever they might be working? And, and I think there's still a lot more to, to do on that. And just finally, Joe, one year on from now, where do you expect O2 to be in, in one year from now? I mean, for, for, for O2, it's a, it's a really interesting question. As, as you probably know, there's a potential joint venture on the on the horizon with 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 virgin media but but sticking to the to the o2 remit for for, for now i think you know really in a space where you know we continue our heritage of flexible working um and we we managed to get to that right balance that i think we're very close to already of you know enabling people to work from anywhere yet getting those benefits of collaboration and, and creativity, um, but, but in a space where we're working with our customers to really help ensure their employees can be connected everywhere. Um, and I'd love to, to see us being thought leaders in that space. And that's The Leader. We're back on Monday when you'll be able to see your friends and family outside again, but no more than six of you and only two households allowed. Maybe you could have a leader listening party. We'll see you then at 4pm. <laughs>